welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Viking Brokers with your host, Miles Romney, and always Chris Merrill. Well, appreciate it, Chris. We are back for episode number 13, and Chris and I were, were talking and, and thought, you know what, we need to kind of do a departure. We had a, a little bit of a payroll kick there. We talked with a few different payroll companies, and we thought, you know what, let's just talk you and I, Chris, and let some of the listeners know what my background is, what your background is, some of the things that we do, and just kind of get to know us a little bit better. Um, but what are your thoughts? What are some of the things you want to cover, Chris? Well, obviously, we need to talk about some of our biking stuff, though it's come out, and the whole 13 thing. So we were like, is 13 lucky? Unlucky? Is it cultural? Our building has a 13th floor, and it's still standing. So I don't know, Miles. I don't even know where to go with that sometimes. Yeah, well, 13, we'll call it good. Um, good number to start with us. Well, We'll fire it off then. First off, we'll open it up to you, Chris, your favorite biking story. I know we've asked a ton of people some different things. And so maybe we'll go, we'll, we'll narrow it down a little bit. Let's go childhood biking story. <laughs> so those seem to be the most fun, don't they, Miles? I'll never forget Brian talking about how he shoved his foot into the, the front wheel <laughs> so he could do a flip. Um, the things we do as kids. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about kid biking stories. So I have two scars on my knees. I had one of those Schwins with, they called them banana seats. It was blue, the things we remember. Um, and I was coming down, I live on a hill, like a big, a big side of the hill. I'm in Bountiful where I grew up and I'm up kind of on the bench and uh, so I was up riding and I'm coming down and I'm going, this is why I'm not as good as mountain biker as miles is I'm coming down and we're, I'm hauling in my head. I'm probably going like, I don't know, 72 miles an hour, you know, at age eight or nine, um, hit some gravel and just completely spin out and, uh, tear out my both knees and not the kneecaps <laughs> or anything, but it was like, and so I ride home with just blood running down it and this is like before urgent care you had to go to the er if you did anything and there was a lady up the street named al Jean who did whole stick stuff and she came down and put these poultices on my leg which in retrospect i'm like i'm not entirely sure about that but <laughs> um you're just like wait hold on what am, what is in there and i don't know there's probably some tobacco and some marijuana and i have no <laughs> idea what was in that but so i have two big scabs or scars on my knees that i've had since i was eight or nine something like that so there you go that was my amazing story i i want to say at one point i thought i was going to ride to like logan from my house but that didn't get very far so so the Schwinn bike, the big banana seat, did it have the big like handlebars too, where your hands are like kind of at eye level or were they a little bit lower for you? Little lower. It looked more like a normal bike than one of those like, you know, cruiser bike things. So okay, um, I don't even remember the handlebars, but yeah, it was a little lower. Um, and then I don't know, did you ever earn your, did you earn your biking merit badge, Miles? Biking merit badge. I don't think I actually did. Part of that was you had to do a huge bike ride. And I don't think I ended up going up to Bear Lake like everybody else and cruising around the lake. And that was the one I didn't do. But there was a handful I did about five or six times. 
you know, the whole growing up, moving around different places and records all over the place. So maybe that <laughs> makes up for it. <laughs> so wait, when you say records all over the place, you've set individual records like in multiple states. Is that what you're no. trying to say? <laughs> well, so in the area it was just growing like crazy. And so we would get bounced around from one scout group to another. Oh, and you mean your scout records? I thought you were talking about bike records. records. I'm oh, like, wait, no, no, no. what are these Viking records you're doing? <laughs> no, nothing like that. But no, so I mean, I got like one or two merit badges. I got five times over when they finally able to pull everything together. And so, but needless to say, nope, no biking records, unfortunately. Maybe one right. day, who knows? And no biking merit badge, which really means I can officially say I have more biking experience than you. Very true. Very true. Uh, I'm going to have to go get an award or something now to be able to combat that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to, we'll talk about the award here in a second. So Miles, back to you. What would be one of your memories? And I'm not going to limit it to childhood, but let's, you know, you, you okay. pull out something. Well, so I, I wonder, and I feel bad for Schwinn because mine was on a Schwinn when I was I don't know, six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in there. So I had a Schwinn Gremlin and it was red. And oddly enough, I still have the bike and I've kept it up. And both of my sons, who's six and nine now, have both learned how to ride on that same Schwinn Gremlin uh, to this day. But going back though, so six, seven, eight years, you know, six, seven, eight years old, we would go on a family trip to Yosemite National Park. My mom grew up in California. Yosemite was her Goblin Valley or Moab for her, right? So that was always their family trip was to Yosemite. And so that kind of became our tradition as well. And so we'd load up the, the red minivan and we'd put a trailer on there and cruise out and so that was probably some of my most fun memories as a kid is riding my little Schwinn bike through the campsites and all up and down the roads. And I mean, you got to remember back then, I hate to say back then, cause it's not that long ago, but <laughs> not as many cars and you could still ride horses. And it was just fun. Cause it was a giant loop where all the campgrounds were. And so I was on this little teeny BMX bike and it must've been geared a little bit better than everybody else. Cause I remember I could, get everybody around you know that loop the quickest and so maybe we should have handed out awards to them. had more power miles uh, that must have been it but the funny thing though is I, like I said i still have that gremlin bike and i have to take it up and up off down on the wall because a couple of kids in the neighborhood that you know need a smaller bike so it gets a little bit of use every now and then but that little schwinn gremlin probably weighs the exact same amount as my mountain bike does today and my mountain bike's like three times the size right. of it. but it's just crazy the technology that goes into it carbon this that and everything else and the disc brakes but oh, no so no. that bike's that bike has seen seen some pretty cool things and it's still going I don't know. It needs a new fresh coat of paint and the chrome needs to be all be redone. And maybe we can limp it along for another generation. There you but go. that's, that's one that always comes to mind. That's probably what started off the biking was doing all those little bike trips there. Yeah, fair. So and you, said Yosemite. you feel bad for Schwinn. I feel as bad for Schwinn as I feel for like Blockbuster. Schwinn owned it. <laughs> there yeah. were, everybody had a Schwinn. So what happened to him? I don't know. Same thing that happened to Blockbuster. They blockbuster blackberry right yeah. there's a lesson there for us we need to not i'm gonna put that up on my wall don't be schwinn <laughs> don't be schwinn 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if you can buy Schwinn bikes anymore. I mean, you probably can. I just don't ever see them. Yeah. I, I know there's know. a ton of like Schwinn stuff at Walmart on the wall there. I'm awfully bike snobby. So when I go to Target, it's not like I'm going to look at, oh, what are my bike options? Because, you know, I'm bike snobby now. So yeah. Yeah. You're just passing those on your protein bar run. Right. Right. It's like, okay, here <laughs> I'm swinging over to get some Gatorades, you know? So, um, but, uh, but as we talk about don't be Schwinn, so that's going to be my, my motto. Your segue. I like it. Um, you know, let's talk a little about us and, and where we see diversified and specifically you and I, what do we do um, in regards to helping our clients or what are some things we see? I mean, some of the questions we've asked. So um well, let's, let's take, we'll go one, story. we'll go one step back, Chris, because I, because I don't think anybody wakes up or is at the job fair in third grade and, and says, you know what, I want to do insurance and specifically health insurance. And the teacher's looking at them like, what are you talking about? Right. So how, that's what I want to know, Chris, how did you get into health insurance to begin with? And then I think, yeah, we talk about where it's been and, and some of the kind of the, the things that have changed. Fair. So um, so Miles and I have a little different entryway into health insurance in that I actually said, I, I applied to a job ad 19 years ago and said, I, it was for insurance and it was to go be an insurance broker and I, or agent. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to answer this. I, uh, uh, so I'd lost a job. Um, so I'm going out looking in the paper. I'm in Bountiful. I've got a new little kid and, uh, maybe two at this point. And I'm like, okay, let's give this a shot. And I go and it is my first day on the job. I remember I woke up and I'm getting ready and I go out into the living room and not to bring this all down, but I see plane number two go into the world trade center. And I call up my boss and I said, um, should I even come in? And this is day one on the job, which was an omen. I think now you look back <laughs> and say, you know, that was probably an omen. And I should have looked to be like a milk driver or something like that. So, <laughs> um, but that was my, my entryway into it. And I bounced around through the insurance world. I had a big stint as Medicare um, for a while. I was one of the top producing Medicare agents in the entire country. Um, and uh, that was fun. Um, there's a whole set of stories there about my first president's club, which we can talk about <laughs> at a different time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was how I got in. And then I just kind of stayed in. So it just kept on working for me. And uh, as it stands today, I really like where we're at and what we do as far as innovation and getting to know people. And I think for those that are listening, you know, they see that, that, we have been able to kind of connect with a number of different entities that do different things, um, which makes it fun. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know and, and research and come up with new and creative ways to do things. So we'll do one here on pharmacy, um, probably in a couple of episodes from now where we're talking about some of the things we're doing on pharmacy. So anyway, there you go. That'd be That's me, Miles. Now I know your entryway in, but why don't you tell everybody? Yeah, well, we were, were kindred spirits when I got started off here because we both had the Apple connection and we both would listen in on the keynote speeches there. And so, yeah, we definitely hit it off. But um, 
No, a little different entryway for me. So before, I guess, getting into the insurance world, I was working with a company that was a family-owned business, and they just did everything under the sun, it felt like, and they had their fingers into everything and, and you know, did really well at most of it and just continued to keep growing and growing and growing and um, at a certain point, finishing up school there as well and, and had a really good neighbor that knew somebody that was looking to, you know, hire in the insurance world. And up and until that point, my experience with health insurance was I just got done having my first son. And this was pre-ACA, pre-Obamacare, which my deductible, I can't remember what it was. I wish I could find the, the literature on that. I have to dig through my email because it'd be kind of interesting to look back and do a compare and contrast. But I think our family deductible was like, four or six thousand dollars because it was an individual plan that i was paying because the company i worked with didn't offer insurance and so right. bought this plan and we're like awesome we have insurance let's have a kid you know my parents got paid to have kids so this is going to be great let's go for it and so we we jump on there and we have our first kid well little did we know that there was a Oh, I think it was a eight or $10,000 separate maternity deductible that if you had yeah. a baby, you had to meet that first. <laughs> and so we're, you know, plugged along. This is great newborn baby and the bill starts showing up and we're like, whoa, wait a second, take a step back. And we start doing the math really quick. We're like, holy cow. And, and everybody knows deductibles reset. And so we have our baby in November. Well, there was a little bit of a thing that wasn't life-changing, wasn't, you know, life-threatening by any means, but the doctor's like, yeah, we need to get this fixed. And, but we have to wait, you know, four to six months. And so we start doing the math again. Well, that puts us into the new year deductibles reset. And so now <laughs> we have another surgery and, and, um, so looking back at that and looking at all of those expenses, we were just like, holy cow, how did we ever, you know, it wasn't, we didn't get paid by any means to have our first child. I think it was like 15 or $18,000 on our first child. And so that was my first introduction into healthcare. So it was pretty negative, but, you know, I got introduced to, to diversified and talked about some of the great, you know, interesting, innovative things that they were doing and what the future was looking like and, you know, their philosophy on changing healthcare for the better is the ultimate goal. And it kind of enticed me. And at that point, you know, I had a bad taste in my mouth. And so I said, you know what, that sound, sounds great. Just finishing up, you know, school there. Let's, let's make the move and, um, you know, jumped over to Diversified and oh, what, it's been about eight years or so now here at Diversified doing that. And so, yeah, I'm in insurance and, you know, going through school, never thought I'd, I'd be in insurance or specifically in health insurance for that matter. But it's been to like to what you're saying, Chris, just seeing the changes that have happened and being able to change healthcare for the better. And, you know, that's kind of been my goal is just to make sure that the experience I had of paying crazy bills is something I don't want anybody else to have to go through. I want it to be a much better experience for them and to have something that, uh, they're actually excited to have, as opposed to uh, loathing and looking back with disdain on. <laughs> well, and it's tough. I mean, you know, as we talk about health insurance and, and what it is, it's we are helping people for the most part um, through their unchosen healthcare journey. I mean, very few people choose to interact with the healthcare system 
other than maternity and even there there's some that made didn't make that choice willingly right it's like yep yep oh wait what do you mean we're pregnant i we did that once or twice <laughs> it's like wait hold on. i just let my lost my job and we're pregnant that's not a good move you know so hmm. but yeah it's it's interesting and so um just kind of as we talk about things we do in innovation um let's uh, just touch on, you know, maybe some of the things upcoming that, that we see, um, you know, that we've got coming up with our clients. Like I'm going to give an example. Uh, we're big into onsite clinics. And so coming up, we have got an onsite clinic event, which is actually a near site clinic event. So we're going to send it out through a constant contact. Um, if you're listening to this and you know us and you're uh, on the employer side, um, we're working with a potential group to do nearsight clinics, a nearsight clinic network across the Wasatch Front, um, and we're excited about that. So, uh, if if that sounds remotely interesting, get in touch with Miles or I. Um, but that would be an example of something that we're bringing to the forefront. So, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you think of, Miles? I've got well, a couple of other things. Well, yeah, no, I think that's. Touching on the, the nearsight clinic too, and, and the advantages to say an employer or to the employee for that matter, right? Having a clinic that is geared more towards outcome as opposed to quantity, right? Like all of us are familiar with that. Check up with your primary care doctor that you are literally one of 20 people sitting in the waiting room and it's just hurriedly through the process. And so we're all familiar with that. We've all experienced that to some point. And so you know, touching more on that, I think it's it's interesting, kind of that shift, hopefully, of more quality time with your primary care, or even a specialty at that point, but having that quality time to really dive into what's going on. I mean, case in point, so my wife is, is big into this thing called high fitness. If you do it, awesome. I did it on Valentine's Day with her. Not my cup of tea at all. Dude, I got the dances the were great. Time. I, you know what? It's, uh, I love her for it and she does an amazing job at it. But for me, just not me, Chris. Sorry. I'm not coordinated enough. Things I didn't know. Does she teach a class? She doesn't teach a class. So she goes to one with a couple of the neighborhood friends there and thoroughly loves it. Well, so she pulled something in kind of her hip. Well, she thought, oh, well, maybe it's just a misalignment. She went to the chiropractor. You know, he did his thing, popped some stuff, still not better. You know, went to one doctor and oh, well, it's not necessarily this. It might be this, you know, here's a steroid shot for you. Well, she's like, well, I still feel comfortable with that. Let me try some other stuff. Well, through this whole course of time, visiting so many different people, you know, it finally came down to that. There's like a hip flexor muscle in there, something like that. That's what was actually pulled and had an issue with. And so through that whole course, nobody was really there because no one was really taking the time to help her. It was just kind of this quick, easy fix of, Oh, just take this prescription. Here's a muscle relaxer, you know, go easy on it. And so, you know, to that whole concept of, of really shifting that to where let's have physicians that are interested in listening to you and listening to the whole story, right? Not just a quick fix. You're another person, you're another number. We want you in and out there. Uh, I, I think is, is really cool. So I'm excited specifically for that one, Chris, that you're talking about there um, in that shift for sure. I want to go back to this. You got to give high fitness another chance. I'm just saying it, Miles. So, I mean, you can, you learn the dance. You and Katie could go out. You would be like, like suave, Rico suave. I mean, you really should give it a shot. So, well, well, 
it's not i tried to go the other way i was like let's look at this more entrepreneurially all these women want to go or you know some men go to a two but they can't go with kids so it's like hey honey i will go i will do a daycare i'll supply treats crayons (laughs) and i want five bucks a kid and she's like well i don't even pay that much to go high fitness i said well hey how much is it worth you to be able to go to high fitness and have a babysitter there and she's like okay sold so i'm kind of i think i'm taking the other route on this chris okay well well there you go i i that, see where you're going with that so <laughs> but but so talk chris kind of your journey so like i said you and i have been a diversified for for a couple of years and we've done some different roles if you will and maybe i'll start with this and i know you probably have a couple of things that are in the pipeline that we're working on that i think are, are cool there but i think the roles that we have are a little bit different or at least our backgrounds are a little bit different than most people are familiar with or used to. And to our, you know, hopefully advantage, right, it allows us to see things a little bit differently. I'll give an example of that. So I first started off at Diversified working on technology systems. So building out an HRIS so that you can do onboarding, that system talk to your payroll system, or we looked at doing a list bill for life insurance and disability insurance. You're never having to reconcile that. You know, we spit out the bill, the system spits it out, you cut the check and it's done. You're not ever having to worry about that. So started there, but then worked into kind of an account manager role where working on the day-to-day issues and it drives my wife crazy because she's like, honey, I just want to talk to you about this. I said, but you don't get it, babe. Every day I'm at work, my job is to fix problems. So you have to like be nice. And remember, I want to fix problems whenever I hear them, the whole nail on the forehead thing, right? So <laughs> so did that for, for a while, was the, the fixer at the end of the day, right? But kind of transitioned over into the, the data analytics side of things, because for groups or clients or companies that have a certain level of employees, usually over 100, or if you're on the partially self-funded side, you have access to data. And that's really where you can dive into that and affect change, right? Because there's two sides to the, the health insurance point in my mind, right? There's the, let's continue to chop benefits. Let's continue to shift costs to the employee. Let's continue to raise deductibles. That's going to keep the monthly cost down. But where does that lead to, right? That's just a, you know, a lost cause at a certain point because at some certain point, like that just doesn't make sense anymore. But the other side to that is, is really affecting health change and affecting what's going on. Well, in order to do that, you need to have the data behind it. You need to have good information to be able to affect that change. Because if you don't know what's going on, you can't fix something, right? So I, I really liked that, you know, that whole process and how that worked and wanted to understand where the data came from. And so worked on that for quite a bit of understanding how the data flows, where it comes from, what you can do with it, and, and those types of things. And so kind of taking that background and, and talking to your point, Chris, of what are the things that we can do? It, it's nice to be able to have that background and have an understanding outside of just, uh, hey, let's sit down and talk about your health insurance and how much you pay in every single month. Because there's a lot more, I think, that goes into it and a lot more to consider when you're looking at it. Fair enough. So this is simple. My background versus your background. You did everything. I think I know everything. So it worked out really, really well. So yeah, perfect, right? Um, I mean, you know, it's like, and Diversified's been nice enough to let me to continue to think I know everything. And so I just get involved um, and they dial me back, you know, and it's like, no, you really don't know this. So, uh. um, but, uh, but yeah, um, just because I, 
I throw myself out there. I've been able to be part of a, you know, a bunch of different conversations and get to know different things. And, um, and so that's been fun. My, well, so, so mention Chris, cause you're kind of a hybrid role. Cause I mean, you're not necessarily account management all day, every day, but you're not necessarily only strategic and only just working with say client vendors or looking for the next best solution or, or trying to fix things like that. Like you're kind of this hybrid between the two. So you're able Talk a little bit about that. So I think this is one thing where, and this, if you haven't gathered, this is kind of the rah-rah diversified portion of the event, but um, we're, we're unique at Diversified. So there's me, there's somebody else named Tyler, um, and we help support, you know, Miles and some of the others is, is what they do in their production role and interacting with clients. But my direct, my title is Senior Director of Strategy and Engagement, which really means I say, okay, Miles hit it on the head. We can continue to just chop benefits. Well, that's not super strategic. And we're getting to the point where, you know, it's cry uncle a little bit. Um, so it's how do we find different things to do? And our goal through the podcast is, okay, let's bring those different things to the forefront, kind of do a little more in depth with the individuals that are doing them and then say, hey, and as you've heard from just our podcast topics, it's not... It's not any one thing. We look at lots of things. Now, there are things that are not in our realm and, and we need to just recognize that. But up to that point, we're kind of looking for anything we can do to help make the experience. At the end of it all, our goal is that we want to make change healthcare. And how do you change healthcare? That's a pretty big goal. Um, I was just reading an article today where Warren Buffett basically said, uh, he didn't realize that when him, J.P. Morgan, uh, so Berkshire Hathaway, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Amazon put together a company, and it was big fanfare. I don't know, COVID messes up my timeline, but you know, <laughs> two, three, four years ago, um, and he, it's failed. They've basically called it failed, and Warren Buffett's term he used was they were they didn't realize how to deal with the tapeworm that is healthcare in America. And they were coming at it, you know, from the million, million foot view coming down with all this buying power and everything else. But it's how do we change healthcare? And obviously, if Warren Buffett can't figure it out, it's not super easy. But uh, we looked and said, well, if we can make it a better experience, easier to understand and more affordable, we're going to change healthcare. And so we look for things that fit into those buckets. And my role is to really help identify those or create those um you know we're doing some things with some of the carriers that we're super excited about um and between them and us we've gone and said let's do this or they looked at us and said you look like a good partner because you do things a little differently and so that's been fun um so that's where as miles talks about you know i'm not account manager i'm not i'm not a producer i'm this hybrid thing and and it's worked out really well for uh, for us at Diversified, I think, as far as what we've got going. So, um, yeah, well, I know I always love listening to, cause you give us quite a bit of updates on a regular basis of, of new things that are coming in the pipeline, whether it's programs or vendors or kind of just new innovative solution type stuff. And I'm always intrigued at the stuff your team works on and, and is able to find. And it's exciting to see what that holds, but I know you mentioned there's maybe a couple other things you're working on. Is there any others that you wanted to touch on or at least, preview a little bit of we'll uh we're gonna do something on pharmacy here in a couple of weeks i think we'll sit down with uh the people at diversified that are involved in our pharmacy program but we're changing 
you know, we're looking to find alternate methods of funding and alternate delivery options for prescriptions. Uh, we have a client who just hired an $80,000 a month employee. Another one hired a $45,000 a month employee. Zolmestra, if I'm pronouncing that right, is a $2.18 million prescription. So it's kind of crazy what's going on on the pharmacy side. And then we've talked a little about on-site clinics and near-site clinics. And so coming up, we'll have a um, you know conversation with some vendors along those lines and you know, who does that apply to and how do those fit in? And so changing primary care is a big deal. You know, Miles talked about that. You know, how do, how do we impact how care is delivered? There's a lot of good doctors out there that are being, because of the way the, the pricing system works. And so there's that. And, you know, how do we engage your employees and then educate them? Um, that's a big deal. The virtual... It sounds like most everybody's going to end up in some sort of a hybrid thing. So how do you deal with employees that are home? And I think there's some opportunities there that we haven't seen around technology and virtual care. And how do we get labs to somebody who's at a home office? And um, so there's some fun things going on there, too, that uh, that I'm excited about. I think we've yeah. I think we're on the crux of just kind of changing how this whole nuts cracked and uh and it's going to be fun so i'm looking forward to our next you know next we're at 13 so we're in the middle let's say let's for the next 12 episodes you know of what we're going to be able to talk about and deliver and uh, the rate we're going 12 episodes that gets us to basically the end of the year it's christmas miles no don't even start that's i don't want to think about that time is going too quick can't believe it's may already but i think um you know, kind of to your, your point, right, cracking that nut. I mean, it's, you've always said it, there's no silver bullet per se that, that fixes anything. It's, it's a death by a thousand cuts and it's every little thing. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you as the listener, you're, the company you're working for is different than the company that's next door to you, right? Whether it's industry, size, you know, personnel that you have there. And so there's always there's a different solution potentially for each company that's going to affect that company a little bit differently. And so it's really working through some of that, whether it's the data side of it or education or anything like that. And, and to your point, Chris, too, is with COVID, it seems like a lot of these solutions that were kind of at the forefront or were nice people were using, but just weren't as popular have become very popular now. I mean, just yesterday, I had to have a, a checkup with my doctor. They had, you know, just a follow up on something. And I was sitting here working, doing that on my cell phone. They called in, connected to my phone. I talked to them for 10 minutes and I was done. Traditionally, that would have meant I come in two hours late because I got to drive in there, got to drive home, got to drive to the office to where I'm just taking 15 minutes out of my day. And that's on a virtual side. That's not even looking at Chris, like what you're talking about, an in-house clinic or a near side clinic, right, to be able to save that time there. So I think it'll be interesting to see what some of those innovations look like going forward, because a lot of them have been accelerated just by nature of, of COVID or the, the change that we've seen in the last year through the pandemic. Yep, absolutely. So, um, well, I think Miles, this is probably a good, a good point to wrap up. We appreciate you listening and, um, you know, getting us to episode 13 and, we look forward to many more. Um, we really do enjoy what we do. 
but we really enjoyed biking. So with that, Miles, I think we should close by telling them what you got us into. Um, well, I don't know if it got us into and I don't know if I'm the right one. So in an episode or two ago, we talked about kind of the, the dream vacations. I might have been with uh, Jordan over at EDHR, but we talked about the Bentonville, Arkansas, and it's the biker's Mecca. And so I was just, you know, sitting on the couch one night watching a little something. And I said, you know what, we're doing this. So I started looking up Airbnbs and bikes and flights and shot you an email. Chris said, we're doing this. So we got a little group and we're headed down to Bentonville and we're going to give this whole uh, biking Mecca a try. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. So I think we may do an episode from Bentonville. You know, let's, let's hey. talk about, let's think about that. Then we could do a, it'd be biking brokers on the road. So let's give it a shot. Um, if you yeah. haven't gathered, Miles is like, let's just do this thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's talk about yeah. it a little more. So <laughs> yeah, he said, let's just do this thing. So, well, we got a few people from the office, so you never know. It might come up some good conversation on the road there of, of some topic there, but no, we appreciate, you know, all the listeners out there. And I think, um, you know, you're able to connect on the website there, but we'd love for you to connect with myself or Chris. If, if either you feel like you have a good topic to be able to join the show, we'd love to hear from you. If there's a solution you feel like the HR community in general could benefit from, or if you're an HR professional looking to connect with anybody, either ourselves or anybody that we've you know brought on the show, we're happy to make that introduction and connection for you. Or if you want to know more about whatever we've talked about or something speaking your interest there, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, we, we'd love to connect you there. So, but no, Chris, I think it was a good one. I'm glad we at least got a little bit of our backgrounds out of the way so that people hopefully know us a little bit better. Cause you know, everybody, I'm always amazed at how many people you're connected to. So I'm glad I can ride on your coattails on this. <laughs> well, thank you. So, well, everyone have an amazing weekend and, uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. 